know, it's all gone quiet. We won't wait for you. you to do your bit. <laughs> all right, then. Well, I'm going to start, then. Take the stage. <laughs> yeah, all right, then. Hi, I'm Matt, and welcome to The Codec Call, the podcast from CodecMoments.com, where we discuss anything and everything gaming-related. In this episode, we've got the team together to talk about Watchdogs, the upcoming open-world hack and crash from Ubisoft, and aim to find out if they're wearing their white hats of anticipation or their black hats of avoidance. Joining me today are Roger. Hey everyone, I'm Roger Havens. Uh, you can look for me on Twitter, Afro underscore gear. You can follow my shenanigans on there. I don't talk too much, so when I talk, it's important. So, <laughs> read it. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, and if you hear this very wonderful, crisp voice, it's because I have a new microphone. And the old uh, PlayStation Pulse Elite headset just did not cut it, unfortunately. So, hopefully I can put this to good use. And Seth? Hello, I'm Seven Scott. I'm a writer. Uh, I write fiction, and I also write for uh, Codec Moments, which I've been writing for since just before Christmas. Find me on Twitter at Seven Scott. That's C V Y N. And uh, yeah, thanks, Seth. And Graham. Hi, I'm Graham Watkinson. I'm also on Twitter. You can uh, follow me at Tech underscore Father. Uh, unlike Roger, I've not got a new microphone, but. Uh, I'm usually the uh, the grumpy old man of the group. You can follow my stories on Codec Moments. Uh, I'm going to hope to hear from you soon. And finally, Andy. Hello, everyone. I'm Andy Brown, at Clinical Andy on Twitter. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you, I'm enjoying a nice beer as we record this. Lucky you. Okay, then. Well, straight into the discussion. Kicking off on Watchdogs, what do we know about the story and the game mechanics? Who wants to jump in first? Roger? Well, you're going to be, of course, you know, the basics. You're going to be taking control of a character, the main character, uh, Aiden or Aiden Pierce, not to be mistaken with the Aiden from Beyond Two Souls. Uh, but he is a skilled hacker and uh, in Chicago. And basically one of the main mechanics of the game is hacking. You know, we're in the future of uh, technology, you know, being able to control everything, everything being connected. You know, that's a common theme in TV these days. So yeah, basically, it's uh, making a very modern game, something that is aware of its times and its surroundings. Although I believe it does take place in the slight future, a lot of this is you know stuff that probably could happen today. You're going to be completing most of your objectives by using this hacking um, ability in-game. Whether you're trying to escape from the police, or you're trying to transfer bank funds out of a, a bank's account to do whatever you're trying to do in the game, supposedly you're going to be able to have those options available just at the spur of the moment. Okay, seems to sum it up pretty well. Has anybody else got anything they want to throw in that Roger missed? I think the uh, the story sort of uh, ultimately revolves around this guy Aiden and he's, someone's done him wrong and people close to him have died and then he has to get revenge and, and use his hacking skills to do this. So I think the game mechanics and, and the overall story is quite new and quite different, but the ultimate backstory still seems to be quite a, a general sort of a well-used theme that many games have used in the past, so... I wasn't overly impressed with that side of things. No, so they'd say it's that theory that what Aiden's making up for some kind of past mistake, something to do with his niece's death. Um, that's as much as I've been able to get backstory-wise. I've seen to watch most of the the videos that they've released so far, and there's some uh, painful scenes of him staring emotionally at a gravestone. Very Batman sounding. Rather than parents, it's somebody else, but it's still sort of uh, the death the death of a loved one spurring him on to be this vigilante character. That's an interesting idea there, and uh, maybe jumping ahead a, a few points, but is that meaning we're going to end up with effectively a remake of Batman? It's um, not not to be ruled out, but I think 
I, don't, I, person, I personally trust Ubisoft when it comes to sort of telling stories. They do have a, a knack for going in different directions than what you might expect them to. Like, if you look at the Far Cry series, it's like the first one was entirely different story-wise to the second. The second one was entirely different from the third and so on. So um, they sort of stand out in that respect. I think the backstories only really sort of play a key role now when everyone's anticipating the game and reading about it. I think once you get into the game and once it's released, then no one will really sort of care too much in terms of how he's got to where he is and what he's got to do. It, it, it's just the story from then on. But now we're, we're not playing the game. We've got to focus on what they're telling us. And it does seem that it's quite a similar story to a lot of other games. Let's hope they uh, they make up for that. Uh, saying that, what other backstory there could be well what is new what is ingenious and what is different but i suppose that there is a formula for a successful game of this type and perhaps they're just following suit they don't want to do too much different in the first instance because otherwise they might put people off by actually going out and pre-ordering it and buying it in the first place so no no good point good point so what are you finding most intriguing about watchdogs I've got to say, it's got to be the hacking mechanic. If it's done well, it's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. Yeah, I agree. The pot- the potential for what it can offer is something that's like never been seen in a game before. Sort of the the fact that sort of you could be you could be controlling any aspect of the map. That's very enticing. What intrigues me is depending on how you act in the early stages of the game, actually will have a bearing at the the latter stages of the game, apparently. So mm. when you're being a, uh, this vigilante, you can either be uh, a vigilante that the public love and sort of respect, or you can go the other way and just become this nutter that runs around sort of shooting people and you're hated by more or less everybody. So I'm intrigued to sort of see how that evolves and whether it is a linear evolution and or whether you can kind of perhaps be a little bit bad in the first few levels or first few missions, and then as it goes on, you can perhaps change your character, and that then weaves your way through the storyline. I always remember being really disappointed with the notoriety system in Hitman Blood Money, which kind of hinted that that was what it was going to do then, and I think now we've actually got the technology to do it. It sounds like an extension of where we are with Infamous. Um, they're running that that morality system, you, but it is a very very black and white choice with Infamous. You're either going all the way evil or all the way good. But unfortunately, because it's so driven, you never feel like you're completely in control of it, or that it's particularly organic. It sounds like that's what Watch Dogs is going to offer that ambiguity, that grey area that none of the others can do. In retrospect, from my initial playthrough of Infamous Second Son, I thought, wow, this is really good. But then when I had an opportunity to sort of look back at it, I thought, um, yeah, actually, no, that was very black and white. The, the, story, the story played out fairly similar regardless of what decisions you made. So is that is that something we're hoping we're going to see towards the end of Watch Dogs, like you said, Graham, uh, that it is actually genuinely going to influence what happens at the end and not just give you a predetermined cutscene based on three or four key decisions through the entire plot? That's it, yeah. I don't want to see a route A and a route B. I want to sort of, yeah, see that kind of development as it goes on. And perhaps even towards the latter stages of the game, you can change sort of that, your path almost. I mean, not that you're trying to find the path of righteousness throughout the game. You play it how you want to. But yeah, I'd like to hear the fact that I've done it this way and perhaps 10 other friends have done it slightly differently. They've all had a different experience rather than this happens this way if you act in this way and this happens in another way. I want to sort of perhaps have that little bit more kind of free-flowing gameplay and, um, and progression that we've seen before, maybe. You sort of, you, you want to be able to sort of um, have water cooler moments rather than being either the paragon or the oppressor, 
sort of like with Dead Rising, the sort of um, having like you could have like seven people get together and they're all sharing their experiences of how different, like how how one situation played out for this person, how the same situation played out for that person. I've got I've got to be honest. I can't see Aiden running around in a mankini with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I think, sort of, from from old, I, I'm always sort of haunted by the whole, and, and even still these days, when you're playing Battlefield Four, the fact that you go through a certain scene and there's a tank ahead of you, and lo and behold, you find a Panzer Shrek in front of you. There's not that sort of different ways of of, of blowing up that object and going through. It's very much set in stone. So it does seem from the videos that you're going to get this sort of free world sort of aspect in in the missions as well so you can go about things in different ways which i'm hoping sort of bears out because that'll be the first time that i'll have experienced that because i normally sort of try to uh, go around games that sort of got too much of a preset storyline because it doesn't give that uh, that story feel to it the chance to be able to explore this world but have a little more control over it if it's done correctly this might be the true definition of sandbox and if the systems are created in such a way that you have true control over every little facet of the city from the way lights operate to hacking into people's cell phones like depending on how fine-tuned that system is this could be one of the greatest open world games ever just because of the ability to have the player have direct control over what happens so i'm excited to see if it's implemented correctly oh that's a really good point and it's that fact also going back to um, what we're saying about the different options for approaching situations that that coupled with the the crowds the city itself just everything happening generally it seems to lend itself towards the emergent behavior we like to see in other games like the the random activities and the random situations that you get in grand theft auto or, or red red dead redemption where things happen that just aren't scripted so in that case then what what are you most looking forward to um, well, like like you said, there the um, the sort of the random encounters, seeing how you know, like with the uh, they they showed that one trailer where he was um, following that guy. It was sort of um, the guy the guy was squeaky clean. Everything that he was finding on this guy was squeaky clean. But then he kept following him anyway because he knew that there was something about him and found that this guy was running like an underground child slavery ring. I, I want to. I'm interested in seeing how that how that's going to play out. Like, is it is it going to be sort of um, I mean, natu- naturally, stuff like that is going to be the bulk of the core storyline, but will there be sort of side missions, and how do you go about coming into them? Is it sort of, is someone standing there with a massive exclamation mark hovering above their head, or is it going to be more of an organic sort of, you have to uh, look into sort of somebody's Facebook account, or sort of, sort of or are you going to have to sort of sleuth that kind of information out? One of the things I'm really interested in is the fact they've already said there's going to be randomly generated text messages and other things that you can intercept. And I wonder if that's how they can trigger these unscripted missions. They'll be there if you go digging for them. If you keep looking at people's messages, if you keep digging into people's things, then you'll find these missions. But you could, you know, potentially go through the whole game without uncovering that. I think from what I've seen, it flags up potential for crimes to happen. So someone will flag up whether it be a conversation that you've intercepted or overheard or it's flagged up certain words within messages but you can then follow that person you'll see the percentage rate increase so you will follow them if it sort of spikes keep following them and essentially they will do something wrong at some point um whether or not those people will be worth following they could just see someone looking to to rob someone or someone actually uh 
been a, a ringleader of a cartel or something, I suppose that's perhaps part of the fun of the game is you've got to decide who to pursue and, uh, and not to pursue. What's more important, sort of, do you have something? Uh, do you have something in the pipeline that's actually more worthwhile to pursue? Well, that comes back to saying that you've got to look at your own morality and sort of uh, and how you view life, and, and that's how you'll play the game. And do you follow people that are going to beat up their girlfriends to sort of save the day, or do you sort of let them get beaten up and go after the bigger fish? I think it's the they want you to examine how you react in those situations as well. The first thing I want to do in Watch Dogs is just walk down the street and start messing with stuff, <laughs> seeing how far the extent of control my character has can go. Do you mean, like, mess with people? Exactly. Mess with people, <laughs> cause problems. If I can just cause some random dude on the street to start freaking out because his cell phone just gave him a message that his 401k just got deleted and starts running down the street, then that would be pretty sh mean of me, but quite hilarious to see <laughs> all the same. I have no idea what a 401k is. Oh, okay. I, well, that's a good point. A 401k, to my English friends, is basically a optional savings account that most companies offer. So you can put aside money into a, a savings account, and then most employers will match your contributions. So then by the time you retire, you've got a nice little optional savings account set up. It's a pension, then. It's a pe yeah, pension. Yeah, we have those, too. <laughs> I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> Okay, well, I was going to say, is there anything else anybody's looking forward to? Anything that we haven't covered? I don't know if you guys have ever heard that um, Aisha Tyler, she was a woman, you know, the black woman that uh, does Ubisoft's presentations at E3. Yeah, she's uh, doesn't she do Archer? She, yeah, voice actress in that. She's got she's got a cameo in um, Watchdog, but she actually plays she actually plays as herself and. Um, I mean, I don't know how much sort of interactivity there is, but um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see her and just sit there, sit there with my PS4 controller in my hand, screaming "Danger Zone" at the screen. I did wonder where you were going with that for a second. <laughs> I tell you what, though, that's a that's a whole new like angle for DLC, isn't it? You could have like a, a Justin Bieber <laughs> download where uh, where you get to hack Bieber's phone, hack his hack his hack his head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to I had to stop myself before profanity uh, overtook me there. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, Bieber aside, um, no, it's it's an interesting point because Ubisoft have tended to put other bits and pieces in their games in the past. There's been tie-ins with Metal Gear Solid, with the Raiden outfit in. Let me get this right. Was it in Brotherhood? Is there anything else you'd like to see in Ubisoft's Watchdogs Chicago? Archer himself. That'd be pretty <laughs> incredible, wouldn't it? <laughs> Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah, just sort of you're walking down the street and you see someone surfing along the top of a car. If I don't see a save Ferris sign at least somewhere in the city, I'll be seriously disappointed. <laughs> that or ER. <laughs> George Clooney in an upturned car in a drain pipe. Scrap that bit. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, that's a misspent childhood, that is. I just hope that um, I hope that there's plenty of opportunity for people to actually say the word Chicago because the way people from Chicago say Chicago is thoroughly entertaining to me. They say Chicago. I find it, I find it funny <laughs> at least. You can cut that bit too. <laughs> right. So one of the biggest talking points, or, or seems to be from a lot of the videos, is the multiplayer. 
side of things with random people invading your game uh, and attempting to do you over. How does that make you feel? If the multiplayer in Watch Dogs has the same audio cue of an invasion as Dark Souls does, then I will be very happy. <laughs> you quickly learn uh, in Dark Souls when you're being invaded, there's this very ominous audio tone that plays and you're like, oh, I, I just got invaded. Okay, so we we know that from what we've been told that there is no sign whatsoever that you've been invaded. It's totally secret up until the point the other player starts hacking your phone. So if you're in your world just driving down the road on your way to a mission and let's say you see a vehicle <laughs> falling up behind you and all of a sudden your phone starts getting hacked from a distance, that's basically going to trigger and then you know you're being you've been invaded. I think then it would just become an amazing game of cat and mouse, battle of wits, who can outsmart who. Oh man, it, just thinking about that gets me really excited. Being able to be in a chase in a full city, whether you're invading, trying to you know, capture your prey, metaphorically speaking, or if you're trying to run away and survive and uh, keep them from hacking over your phone, that's exhilarating, that's exciting. I think it's a, a new type of gameplay that uh, has not really been implemented before. I mean, obviously I've not played every game out there, but it's like a... A new death match, uh, maybe a completely new take on death matches and how they work and how they play out. I think I'll find it really annoying, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it at all. Mm. I think there should be a defined multiplayer and single player because you don't want to be playing your single player. Someone like me who's got limited time, I'm not going to get as far as other people. However, I do get, I don't want some 12 year old from wherever jumping in, jumping in my game and hacking my phone and stealing my stuff because I would just then stop playing it probably. Yeah, that's one of the one of the things that sort of caused a lot of problems for uh, people in in the first Dark Souls is that um, the online mode is non-optional. The only way that you can play without being invaded is uh, if you play with no active internet connection. Otherwise, um, you'll ju you'll just get you'll just get invaded. But that was one of the things about uh, Watchdogs that sort of concerned me. It's that uh, what what if I don't want to be hacked? What if I just want? What if I just want to sort of sit down and enjoy the story, un uninterrupted? But I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know a great deal about what the uh, what the online multiplayer entire entails, or if there's going to be an option that will allow me to sort of say I don't want this. In its defence, though, and I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it, but in its defence, a big part of the game is about procedurally generated events and and the random messages and the unscripted missions do you not think this fits really nicely into the ethos of the game oh no yeah when you put it like that i think yeah it does i suppose yeah it's like uh, if the game itself is going to interrupt you while you're doing a mission then it doesn't really make sense not to want outside but then there's, there's also the skill level the game won't the game won't exceed the pacing of challenge that you're currently receiving whereas an, another player may be better than you it's um, something I found in Need for Speed Rivals really frustrating, that that was by default an open world, anybody can enter your game type of thing, and it was a constant interruption to whatever you were trying to do, up until the point I found out where you could turn it off. If Watch Dogs is the same, that you can switch it off and choose not to be invaded, so that you can continue, like Graham said, down the, the single-player story route, then that's... The best option i think if you have to get invaded as long as the game implements it well so that you're not out of your depth as sev was saying then it might be an added 
bonus to it that does fit with that procedurally generated idea and that randomness of the city and things that are happening around you. So I think I'm more concerned, and it's a bit contrary to what Roger was saying, is it actually just sounds like the Assassin's Creed multiplayer without a dedicated lobby. It sounds like a cross between Assassin's Creed and the Splinter Cell hacking mechanism, doesn't it? Yeah. The hiding in plain sight. Um, I think the the one thing they need to make sure as well is if it's not optional, they need to at least restrict how often it happens. Because if it's every 10 minutes, it's just going to frustrate. It is. That's the thing. I think. I think. Like um, one of the th- one of the things that sort of put people off with uh, with the whole Dark Souls thing, it was too much of a challenge, and therefore it was jarring for some people. If it can be sort of integrated in such a way that um, it, it's more fun than it is. Oh, here we go again. I'm getting attacked. Then I mean, it, it could go over well. I, I don't know. We, we, none of us can really say with any certainty. But um, hopefully, it comes out good. Andy, you won't have to worry about internet uh, uh, or sort of multiplayer problems with your internet connection because you'll struggle to uh, to get online, won't you? Well, do you know what I will do if all of a sudden I'm playing my single player game and it grinds to a halt because somebody is trying to connect? Yeah, that is something to think about. Will it have an impact on the on bandwidth? So I was taking the mic. I didn't realise I uh, just had a good point there. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we, we we do need to mention that the the multiplayer as well. They are touting that there will be an online free roam uh, and a racing element to it. It sounds very much Grand Theft Auto, which isn't a bad thing. You can have a lot of fun in that game, uh, just roaming the world. The one thing it has made me think about though is Ubisoft are not necessarily renowned for open world racing games. How do we think they'll handle that? That is a good question, actually, because there's been so many games that have sort of tried to do the open world city driving thing and uh, failed miserably. At least in my, at least in my eyes, it's not easy to. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of complaints about Grand Theft Auto 4's driving. It took Rockstar a long time to sort of hone the driving to when you compare it to things like the earlier True Crimes. The driving in those was atrocious. Mafia was not not Mafia. Was it Mafia or Godfather? Uh, Could be either. I think it was both. Mm. It's easily overlooked because sort of um, Grand Theft Auto sort of sets the standard in that regard. But it's a, it's a it's a very good question, one that should be interesting to find out the answer to. How do uh, how will Ubisoft sort of handle the open world driving aspect? I didn't actually have an answer. I just had a, a fleshed-out revision of the same question. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, they've, they've got pedigree. Um, they, they've done Driver for years, which is arguably one of the best handling models of any game ever, but that was done by the Reflection Studio, not by the... Uh, it's the Ubisoft Montreal, isn't it, for, for Watch Dogs? But I think they said they they teamed up with the uh, the Driver bunch. To, to sort out the driving aspect. Have they? This is something that I've heard, I've heard. So. Ah, well, if if they have, then we could be in for possibly the best handling free roaming sandbox game ever. Because the other driver games, whilst at times have been a little bit lacklustre story wise, you could never fault the driving. If they throw in a director mode again, where you can film your own crashes and stunts, um, I could just spend hours on that and upload them to well, hopefully YouTube integration by that point. Especially with control over retracting bollards. I am looking forward to that. Let's just hope it work, works a little bit better than a Battlefield 4's uh, <laughs> retracting bollards. 
You could you could like recreate 2015 Chicago Bullet. You know the old Steve McQueen movie. Imagine that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> okay. Obviously, all of us will be buying it on PS4, but it is available on virtually every other platform, barring the Wii U at this point. Do you think the fact that it's cross-generational will impact the new generation versions of the game? Judging from the, um, that interview that um, Lionel Raynal did with Edge magazine, by the sounds of it, what, they're, what Ubisoft are sort of aiming to do is design things for the, uh, the next-gen systems or the current-gen systems and then sort of scale it back from there for the previous generation rather than designing it for the previous generation and then making it look better for the current generation. Personally, I think, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I do I do trust Ubisoft. They've made some bad mistakes, but then they've also made some phenomenal games. No, oh, fair point. Roger? Okay, so yes, I am a little concerned about the game being on both current and previous gen. I think it's safe to move on to calling it current gen now, but I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. As long as games are created at the same time with both platforms in mind, your superior platform is going to be limited because there's certain things that developers have to take into account. Now, obviously, I don't know the minutia of how a game's programmed and all the technical terms, but there's certain restrictions. If you've got a game that can run on a PS3 and you're using every bit of power the PS3 has, well, then you have to build certain mechanics that can work with the PS3. Those mechanics are probably running at minimum specs on a PS4. So they can up things like resolution, anti-aliasing, maybe some textures, but the overall game mechanics itself and how the game is designed as a core is going to be intact because you have to work on the inferior hardware as well. That's, I've got to agree with that. That's, that's my concern. We will be limited slightly in, in terms of scope for what the game could do because it's got to work on so many different platforms. I think that's why uh, Ubisoft has all but announced, if they haven't already, that next year there's going to be two Assassin's Creed games. So they're going to have a previous-gen Assassin's Creed, and then they're going to have an entirely different game, which is only going to be for next-gen and PC. That's awesome. That's what developers need to do, because that really enables us to get the next-gen experience out of our games. And as long as we're tied to last generation, you're never going to have the truly upgraded experience that you would get on a PC or on a on a next-gen created game. Anyone else with a different opinion? I just think that uh, if you look at Grand Theft Auto V on the PS3, personally, I don't think there was anything wrong with that. So there is a small advancement with Watch Dogs um, on the uh, PS4, but it's perhaps not as much of a step forward as we would hope. It's still going to look pretty good. And maybe with the updates that are rolled out, maybe you'll get a different... Uh, current gen update than you would a a PS3 update which will perhaps enhance it further so maybe they'll kind of go that route and tweak it as time goes by maybe. For me the difference comes in uh, going back to to Grand Theft Auto GTA 5 was a very deep game there was lots going on in it but a lot of people complained that it didn't look as good as they'd anticipated and that was the restriction of the current gen that was the trade-off that was made for the depth of the game there. If you're looking at something like Watch Dogs Actually, the the complexities and the level of interaction with the environment are potentially much, much greater, which means there's a lot more horsepower required to do the mathematics that the game's got to do to work out what's going on, I think. That's the kind of thing, as Roger was saying, you can turn off the fancy graphics, you can turn off the dynamic lighting, you can't turn off the AI if you want the same game experience. Very true. 
And that actually also highlights something that we've read an awful lot of in many gaming sites over the last couple of weeks. But that theory that the game is not going to look as good. I mean, there have been uh, well-documented complaints of the PS4 version looking atrocious. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I actually, when I was alerted to that, I, I did some research and I maybe wasn't looking in the right place. But first of all, I've never heard that. The only report I had heard was that it's going to be running at 1080p on PS4 at 30 frames per second. And the Xbox One version was not confirmed yet. Obviously, there's been several news stories with Xbox One having lower resolution games coming out compared to ones on PS4. One of the things that ignites a constant console war, but no, I haven't heard anything about the PS4 being inferior. Uh, anybody else? Anything on the graphics side? Or Sev, did you see some of those videos? Yeah, I saw. I saw. I saw quite a few um, on the subject of sort of what was it called, uh, visual downgrading and stuff like that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not a frequent redditor, so I'm not sort of uh, observing every aspect of a game prior to its release. In fact, more often than not, I um I try to sort of avoid as much pre-release stuff as possible because I don't want the I don't want the fi- the finished product to be disappointing in anybody's eyes other than my own. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, um, I mean, I, I mean, I do I do sort of I do sort of keep up to date. As and when, but I don't sort of make I don't make a job of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I did I did hear a lot about it sort of being brought down, but it it was never it was never really the visuals. I mean, it, it never has been sort of the visual fidelity of games that has sort of drawn me in. Watch Dogs could have been a retro looking two point five D as far as I'm concerned. What what brought me into the game was the hacking. Out of the few standout titles that are on the PS4 at the moment, they can't afford to to bugger this one up. So, people release images, screenshots, videos um, to get public reaction, perception, people's opinions, and they'll take those opinions. And uh, I'm sure they're going to be working hard to make sure it does look as good as all the other formats. Because if it doesn't, then they've already seen the uh, the fallout when supposedly it won't be up to scratch. Uh, I'm sure they'll get it right. Well, it has had the six months extra polishing time because it was supposed to be a launch game. I think I think you're right. I think they've they've taken the feedback. They've done what any good company would do is check what people think first before committing a multi million dollar project to the market. Right. So aside from everything we've just talked about, and whilst I am still wanting to stay pretty positive with this because really looking forward to the game, what other concerns have you got? about it. I mean, one of mine is that we are just going to end up with, potentially, an Assassin's Creed game set in a city. I hope I am completely wrong. Um, But what about everybody else? I'm not worried about it being the next Assassin's Creed, because I don't know how much um, parkour will be implemented in the game. You'll probably be able to jump over small ledges and stuff, but I don't think you're going to be scaling the side of a building without a ladder or something like that. I think the main focus on the game is going to be your ingenuity with being able to hack, being able to maneuver, and being able to shoot. I mean, it's the perfect culmination of those three things, I think, from the gameplay footage they presented. My concern is if the hacking is not as fleshed out as it could be. One thing I'm probably a little bit more confident with is the hacking, because they've been working with Kaspersky. Whilst I'm not expecting it to be absolutely detailed, true-to-life, you-must-know-machine-code to hack, I imagine the mechanisms may be quite realistic. 
Yeah, one of one of one of my concerns is not so much the um, the, the performing of it. I, th- I think it's the the variety and the importance of it. Um, I'm just hoping that there's going to be there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of variety and sort of uh, yeah, you can hack a you can hack a, uh, a a a street camera or a CCTV camera, but uh, how important is that going to be overall? That sort of thing is one of my main concerns. If the hacking is only used for certain sections, like let's say, oh, you've got a mission, and the goal is to empty the funds from this bank account, so then you go into the, you know, and you do it for that purpose. Obviously, you have to have those there, but if they're only implemented at certain times in the game, then yes, it's very limited. But if it's uh, opened up to be used in any way that you can imagine, then that is going to have a whole new level of control over a game, and it enables the player to think outside of the box. Yeah, they've announced there's there's going to be something like a hundred different hacks, and I really hope that means there's a hundred different things that you can do at any time, mm. rather than over the course of the game you will hack a hundred things. Yeah, sort of a hundred unique hacks rather than a hundred reasons to hack. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I just uh, worry that everyone's looking forward to the hacking aspect because that's the different sort of part of the game and, and, and any game company to that matter. But if within three hours, everyone's kind of gone, oh yeah, we've hacked that, oh yeah, we've hacked that, oh yeah, we've got to hack that to do this. Is it going to become repetitive? It's, 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 the, draw, it's the draw of the game, it's, it's, what, it's what people want the game for, it's what's sort of held people's interest over the past, what's it been, like three years since it was first announced? So uh, if, 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 if the finished product sort of um, arrives and it's lackluster, it's underwhelming, then uh, that's going to disappoint a lot of people. Well, that's it. I mean, talk about the length of the game in sort of 35 to 40 hours, but it's got to be, it's got to grip you at hour 35 or 40, uh, as well as it does in hour one, in my opinion. So that's my sort of worry that it's going to become just another game very quickly. And I hope that they've worked hard on making sure that it opens up new things as the game goes on and really sort of claws you when you don't get to do everything a bit like grand theft auto where you've obviously got to rank up certainly in the uh, multiplayer side of things to, to kind of access certain things so it doesn't sort of give you everything on a first date yeah a lot of games have sort of um seen that as a sort of as a as a problem in the past couple of years and sort of and sort of approached it by saying yeah no we have a really really long storyline now it will take you like so many hours to complete take you 30 40 50 hours worth of gameplay and then you find that it's it's more often than not the open world games that are pla- that are saying this. So when the game comes out and people says, "Oh well, I completed it in six hours," what the hell? The sort of fallback, the fallback excuse is, "Oh well, you you rushed, <laughs> you uh, you you focus you focused on the main storyline. We weren't expecting you to focus on the main storyline." It's like, yeah, but that's sort of fraudulent advertising, really, isn't it? Because you said it was a forty hour forty hour storyline, so we were actually expecting a forty hour storyline. Yeah, I'm not a side missions person, so that would yeah, that would annoy mm. me. Neither am I. On my first playthrough, I, it's it's a it's a compulsion. On my first playthrough, I tend to ignore the uh, the side stuff, and unless I'm unless I'm sort of given a real impulse to sort of embrace the side story stuff, I'll do it in those situations. But more often than not, I mean, even every every Grand Theft Auto, I completed San Andreas in uh, about a day and a half. 
because <laughs> I just went straight through. I ignored everything because the second playthrough was when I was going to embrace all the uh, the side missions and stuff like that. So uh, I'm the opposite. For fear of opening up another debate, and I'm, I'm probably going to say the same thing Andy's going to say here, but the side missions are part of the overall story, and missing those is missing out, in my view. And I, I am absolutely awful for doing all the side missions. It, it's why... There's 135 hours on Skyrim before I got to the final mission because I got sidetracked. In that sort of corner, I I admit that with uh, with the Elder Scrolls games, I mean, when I first played Skyrim, it took it took me about six hours to realise the reason I didn't have that fast Rodar thing yet was because I hadn't touched the storyline yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I so I sort of I progressed with the storyline just enough to get the uh, the dragon shouts, and I was like, yay, now I can shout at chickens. <laughs> and I went back to, and I went back to sort of pillaging dungeons <laughs> but but it's it's that kind of mentality that um I mean I'm looking forward to doing watchdogs it's that distraction away from the storyline like you say on your way to another mission it, it's what Grand Theft Auto 5 did to a small degree it's what Skyrim does brilliantly and um, is that you are heading to your next story mission and you get sidetracked by 10 or 15 different things I'll, I'll admit that um when I first got my hands on uh, Grand Theft Auto and I went to the uh, I went to the midnight release to get me a copy and I was up for 2 days No when I first when I first first got my hands on um on Trevor I was like a little girl holding on to a teddy bear. Like, I am not letting go of this guy. So was he. <laughs> but um, cause the, the introduction to it, the introduction to Trevor sort of, he put it in a completely different, he put the character in, it put the character in a completely different light for me. I was like, wow, this guy is disturbed. I was really, I was really disappointed to find that there weren't very many rampages for him because the introductions to those were really funny. But yeah, watchdogs. <laughs> Uh, it, it does sound good lengthwise. You know, I think the Grand Theft Auto 4, for example, had a, an achievement or trophy for beating the game in under 30 hours, and which was easy to achieve. But when you look back at the overall amount of mission structure and uh, gameplay, yeah, the missions were enough meat to give it that length, and everything else was enough to add to that. So, game length aside, because I think this may well impact potentially on the current gen next-gen, last-gen hardware debate. Do you think we're ever going to see this released on the Wii U, given that only recently they've delayed it? I would say yes. I really think Watch Dogs is going to come to Wii U. There's been you know, tons of rumors about it. Uh, there's been leaked potential release dates. They said, uh, not official, but I believe the Nintendo site got word of it from a retail listing that it is going to be coming uh, late fall this year. And I don't think they've straight out denied it either, so... And is that because potentially Ubisoft are the only major publisher that Nintendo have left other than themselves? Or am I now straying into a very different codec call? Yeah, that's a really interesting topic. We could have a whole 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 new codec call. Sorry, what what's the Wii U? No joke. <laughs> I just I just hope I just hope that they get it because seeing Nintendo in their current situation is so fucking depressing. It's just losing everything at the moment. I think Watch Dogs on the Wii U with the fancy controller would, would work very, very nicely, but uh, I'm not going to lose too much sleep if it doesn't uh, end up on there. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of ways to to throw unique sort of situations in there with the whole touchscreen uh, Wii Pad thing. If they're going to bring that in, though, I, I want second screen on the Vita. 
Mm. Sorry, is it really called a wee pet? I have no what, idea. What would you prefer, a tenor men? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no, I've no idea. But that's I, like, think, I think if it's not, it should be called a wee pet. A, compa- a companion sort of um, game for the Vita would work just as well, I think, because it's got a lot of that sort of that, uh, console-related features about it. The, uh, the touch screens and the rear pad. So, if you could... If you could add any feature from Watch Dogs to a second screen on the Vita, what would it be? You remember that um, that hacking mini game from Bioshock One? That. <laughs> That's not in Watch Dogs. Oh, I hope I hope you be here this and it is. Yeah, cut that. Bit out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> starting that again. Any feature from Watch Dogs that you know about? What? What would you like to see as a second screen Vita aspect? I'd like to be able to, if, if you're hacking security cameras, I'd like to be able to watch the feed in the second screen as you're playing the, the game on the, the main screen. Oh, good one. I like that. That's good. I'd quite like it too, because I think as you wander around, it sort of gives you information about people. I think sort of if they go a little bit further and sort of it perhaps gives you more information or it, it kind of highlights or tips where, who you should be following or people of interest rather than just everybody. If you could sort of, however your profile was set up or however you played the game, if it perhaps brought up things that perhaps relate more to you or should be more of interest to you, depending on how you've sort of gone through the game up to a point or something like that. Um, just going back to, to Seb's point of a companion app, actually, that's genius. That is, that's what it should be. You, you're using a smartphone as your, you know, as your weapon of choice. Why can't you just pick up yeah. your smartphone and, and interact with the game that way? My my mind was just going down that same route when, when Graham was talking. I switch off when Graham talks as well. Like, absolutely right. I switch off when I talk. Imagine that, what, what trouble I get into. I think it's quite obvious that I switch <laughs> off when I talk too. <laughs> <laughs> or when I go to Australia. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's that's bang on, isn't it? You, you've got your phone there with you on the couch. You're meant to be hacking via a smartphone. Get the functions in there. Have have that as your second screen. Or uh, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero has demonstrated it already. My Galaxy S3 would last at least five minutes before the battery ran out. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know if he has to charge up his smartphone in the game? Because that's a big bug, big bugbear of mine at the moment. Every every thirty five minutes, you need to go and find a plug socket. Oh, I can't wa- can't watch that movie. I've been hacking too much. It'd be like the malaria thing in Far Cry 2, so don't put it past them. They've done it before. That's true. Oh, yeah. It would be quite interesting, though, sort of the more the more dependent you become on hacking it in the game, the more battery, the, the more your phone battery sort of drains out and you sort of wish, where's the nearest coffee shop? It'd look like a right cock if he held up his phone, you know, when he does it all cool, just to, like, kill kill the power, and it just goes... <laughs> or he spends, he spends hours tracing after this one person, tries to do that thing that he did in that trailer with the... Uh, the, the the big the big screens where he's like that guy's being carted off by the police and it's like and he puts it up on that big screen we're always watching you he sets something up takes hours setting something up and that's supposed to be the big punchline but he sort of pulls his phone out it's like it's I've got my big battery he just does what I do and, and just throws the wrong thing to the screen and ends up just displaying his Angry Birds score <laughs> <laughs> or text message from his mum saying he's past his curfew. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. So, is there anything anyone else wants to talk about? Anything else you'd like to see in the game? Now, this might have already been announced, but I haven't heard about it, so 
I'm going to talk about, um, I want flyable vehicles, helicopters, planes. But then again, I don't want to create an exact copy of Grand Theft Auto, but being having the option for aerial combat or maneuvering would help open up the game even farther, especially in multiplayer, being able to hop into a plane, you know, and buzz to the other side of the city. See, I think, I think that could be awesome with the hacking ability. If you're, if you're in a plane and somebody's chasing you, and then you make all the lights go out in the city on all the buildings. Oh. oh. Have someone just crash into the side of a building because they couldn't see it. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. That's a good point. We're a team, me and Roger. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> There's no I in team, but there is a U in. No, I'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's been announced, but. Um... I'd like to. I'd like to know if there's sort of um, a way to sort of remote control vehicles and stuff like that. See so if you need to make a quick getaway, you can call a car and it will sort of come to your location. You're back to Batman, aren't you? Yeah. I was. I was thinking <laughs> yeah. more Knight Rider and a Batmobile. <laughs> I was thinking more Grand Theft Auto Five cabs. It, it's it's been done, just not in the not in the same kind of way because the cabs do come to your location. They're manned. They've got somebody in them. Whereas this would sort of be like if you if you have a one sort of set car that's like that's defined as your car that you can just sort of call on it. Sort of like at the end of in, in Grand Theft Auto Five, at the end of a mission, your car, whether you brought it with you or not, is always going to be ten feet away from you at the end of it. Oh, it's it's not a bad idea. It's it's near future. You've got the Google cars mapping out cities. Yeah. It would. Um, it's something that fit with that definitely. Graham, anything? Anything else that I've not heard about? Mm. Or any great ideas that you think they should put in last minute? Um, no, not <laughs> that I can think about on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy? No. Good. <clears throat> no. Uh, to be honest, I'm just really excited to see what they've done because it sounds like it's going to be different enough as yeah. it is. So, no, that's a, a nice way of summing it up, really. You know, we haven't had a game like it before. Hopefully, this will be a completely unique experience, and its hype is building perfectly at the moment, in so much as we've sat down and talked for the last God knows how long about the game and, and what we want to see and what we hope it's not. So, um, all I can say, really, now is thanks for everyone's views on the subject of Watch Dogs. For everybody listening, if you agree with what you've heard um, or think we've talked a load of rubbish or have something else you want to contribute to the discussion, you can reach us via Twitter, which is at Codec Moments, Facebook, which is forward slash Codec Moments, Google Plus, which is plus Codec Moments, or through the website, which is CodecMoments.com. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's contributed again. So, Sev. You're welcome. Graham. Thanks. See you later. Andy. Bye. Roger. Goodbye. And uh, I'm Matt. Until next time, bye.